right now in truth today, a Thanksgiving Day declaration. For me and my household, we will not comply. And also, there is no such thing as Palestine. We're gonna deal with that issue right now on Truth Today. Well, uh, good morning or good afternoon, depending on the time zone you're in. Thank you for joining us on Truth Today. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian, and I am excited to be back with you in the studio after being on the road for uh, almost 11 days, one of my longest ministry trips in a long time. Uh, it was a blessed trip, anointed trip. I spoke 11 times in eight days. It was intense, but it was good. And um, again, as I said, the Lord really blessed it. And so uh, grateful for all the churches that um, I was able to speak at. All of those events, by the way, were at churches. And so we're really grateful that there is a remnant of God's churches and God's people that are still hungry for the truth and um, are willing to bring someone like me in to their area. And so speaking of that, if you want us to come and speak in your area, we're already starting to book for 2024. Please email us, let us know, contact us. It's on our website. Go to our website, tillministry.com. You'll see on the screen there, tillministry.com. And uh, uh, please uh, send an email to us and let us know if you would like us to come to your area to speak and set up those events. Um, also, we, we were, I'm excited, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, we were able to record our brand new DVD, uh, We Will Not Comply. Uh, we got that recorded, and I'll be giving you some instructions of how you can get that brand new DVD, which will relate to our show today. I want to also encourage you, please go to our Rumble channel. If you're not on Rumble, please go to our Rumble channel, rumble.com slash sharamhadian, rumble.com slash sharamhadian. Please click follow. Please click follow to do that. Um, it was kind of a rainy day here in East Tennessee after I got back, so I just got my hot tea here. Take a quick sip. And uh, today, uh, I want to prepare us for Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I pray that all of you have a blessed, uh, wonderful, joyful Thanksgiving with your family. I pray that we have such thanks and gratefulness in our hearts to the Lord. Uh, that is to be our attitude as believers, correct? But at the same time, uh, there are some things that are happening in the world that are clearly, clearly violating uh, what God has given us to be thankful for. His provisions, His truth, His liberty. Those things that God has said is good. And I want to encourage you that on this Thanksgiving, let us declare those things to be good. And let us declare what is evil to be evil. And we want to make sure that we're in the right place, right frame of mind. And uh, the, um, the context or, or the title of our show, uh, not sure if we have an image for it, but we're talking today about our Thanksgiving um, proclamation and one that is based upon our obedience to God and the fact that we will not comply. I want to start out, uh, as we always do in the Word of God, and I want to go to Joel chapter 1, all the way back in the Old Testament, 
Joel chapter 1. And during a time when um, the nation of Israel was in apostasy and God was raising up prophets to warn them about what was happening, which I think is very applicable to America and the world today. There are those who God has raised up to warn the world about what is happening, and yet we continue to reject God and, and continue to move further and further away from the truth of God's Word. Uh, we are not seeing the, a, 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 um, um, we are not in the kingdom. We are not seeing the kingdom of God. This is not the kingdom of God. The earth is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is yet to come. It is, it is erroneous teaching those who will say that we are already in the kingdom or post-kingdom, post-millennial. We are not. That has not been fulfilled. And as Israel was in this place, uh, the Lord, through the prophet Joel, is telling them that their land is being laid to waste. Um, they're seeing all sorts of things in the land happening that are um, indicating that they're being destroyed. And so in verse uh, 13 of Joel chapter 1, uh, the prophet through the Holy Spirit says, Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. So you see the attitude that we are to have. When we see these things happening, the attitude that we are to have is to, number one, mourn, grieve, and repent. Right? Gird yourselves and lament. What is lamenting? That is an attitude of repentance and grievance, uh, being convicted and broken, in a, in, a, in a godly way. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Right now, just like in the, in, in the Old Testament where uh, under the prophet Ezekiel, the false prophets were saying, peace, peace be upon you. Everything is wonderful. No, the true prophets, and, and in this case, the scripture is saying, listen, you ministers come before the altar. You should be grieving and lamenting and wailing and crying for the condition of the nation and the condition of the world. Look at the mess we're in. You who minister to my God, for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Now, watch this. Here's verse 14. This is, I believe, the attitude that I want to highlight today for our, um, for our program. And that is a declaration, a declaration uh, that is based upon coming together and assembling and calling for a fast and prayer and thanksgiving. Here in verse 14, the, the Holy Spirit says, consecrate, right? Consecrate means what? To set yourself apart, come together, set yourself apart. You are not of the world. You belong to God. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred or holy assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. So when we see the things that are happening 
in the world, when we see the rise of evil and corruption and, 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 and unrighteousness and ungodliness and evil in these last days, I pray that our attitude for this time of year, that it's not just about getting together and watching football and having good food and uh, turkey, or in my case, I'm from Iran, and so uh, we actually, last number of years, have been having Iranian food. We have, we have kebab on Thanksgiving. We're going to have thir- turkey the day before. Lord willing, praise God for food, praise God for family, praise God for freedom, praise God for all of those things. But what we need to right now be doing is repenting. In our homes, and our families, we need to be calling forth sacred assemblies. I, I pray that your gathering this Thursday would be a sacred assembly. Bring your family together. And just in a minute, I'm going to share with you uh, George Washington's, do we have that, Drea? George Washington's uh, Thanksgiving proclamation, right, that I sent to you right there? Give me, don't bring it up yet. I'm going to, I'm going to share with you this, this Thanksgiving proclamation that George Washington, I'm going to read some of it. Because I believe it is a time in these evil days, in these last days, where the response of us who are God-fearing ought to be gird ourselves up and lament, wail, repent, consecrate a fast, call for a sacred assembly. And you know, by the way, do you know where my first level of assembly is? My family. The first level of assembly in, in the case of Israel was not, the, was not the, the temple. The first level of assembly was the family. Because if I can't assemble my family and call for a, for a, for a, for a fast and an, a, a, a consecrated fast and call for a sacred assembly and bring them together and repent and turn before God and say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. If I can't do that on my own family, guess what? I'm not going to be able to do that in the church. I'm not going to be able to do that in, in our church. So this first level must happen at the family level. And I know some of you were saying, well, Sharab, not all my family believes that. Well, you know what? If they're coming to your house, if they come to your house, that's your house, then for you and your house, you say, hey, this is what, it may make you uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but for me and my house, if you're coming to my house, I want to offer up a prayer. I want to offer up a, a heart of repentance. I want to offer up a time where we're going to turn to the Lord. That's what we do in my house. If I was coming to your house, well, you can do something different. But if you're coming to my house, then we're going to give a thanksgiving prayer. And we're going to say, Lord, forgive us for our sins and forgive us for all of the ways that we have sinned against you and turned against you as a family or as an individual or as a nation. A heart of lament, a heart of grievance. Because that's what leads you into thanksgiving. That heart is what leaves, leads you into being thankful to the, to the Lord. Because I'm grateful for, for the health of my family. I'm grateful for protection. I'm grateful for His provisions. 
I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head and the, and the head of my children and my family. I'm grateful that I live in relative freedom when the world is in chaos and America is in chaos. I'm grateful that God is sovereign. So I want to share with you the Thanksgiving proclamation. Dry, let's go ahead and bring that up now. Um, this is, uh, keep that up just for a, sec- for a minute, please. This is the Thanksgiving proclamation that was written by uh, George Washington, by the President of the United States in 1789. And I'm going to read some of this to you and and watch what it says here at the beginning. Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. Why is it the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God? Because every nation was raised and or brought down by the sovereignty of our God. America did not become a nation unless God allowed it. It was not out of rebellion, but out of separatism, out of the separation. Then it goes on to say, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and to humbly implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Go ahead and come back to me, please. So then he went on to say, Now therefore, I do recommend in a sign, Thursday the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of these states, to the service of the great and glorious being who is the benefactor author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation. Previous to them becoming a nation. They knew that God's hand was upon them previous to them becoming a nation for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interposition of his providence. God put his, he interposed, he he, he intervened in the affairs of these people because they were crying out to him. Do we want God to intervene in America? Do we want God to intervene in our states and cities and families and churches? Then we must pray. And we must intercede so God interposes. Let me say that one more time. We must intercede. We must place ourselves in the gap. Lord, I am placing myself in the gap on behalf of my family, on behalf of our state and nation. I am repenting. I am pleading. I am mourned. I am grieved. And I call upon your providence, your protection. Would you interpose? Would you put yourself now in between whatever was destined for destruction, whatever the enemy's schemes are, would you interpose? If we don't pray that way in 2023 and 2024, 
This nation is toast. And so um, this is unbelievable. And it goes on. I mean, it's, it's an incredible proclamation. I wish that we had time to read the whole thing. But let me just get to the part of the third paragraph. And also that we may unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon, listen, to pardon our national and other transgressions, to pardon our national sins. This nation has a long list of sins. The list is too long. The criminality, the corruption, the injustices, the murdering of innocent, the bloodshed, declaring sexual immorality, which I'm going to be talking about in a minute. I have an action item for you for the Macy's Day Parade. And it goes on to say, to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually, to render our national government a blessing, a blessing to all the people. Is our national government a blessing to the people of this nation now? No, it's a blessing to the left, to the Marxists, to the communists, to the globalists, to the Muslims. That's what it's a blessing for. It's a blessing for evil. It is not a blessing for good. By constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws. Yeah. Is that where we are? Is that where we're at? No. We have fallen. Discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as have shown kindness unto us and to bless them with good government, peace and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue and to increase of science among them and us and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity as he alone knows to be best. Given under my hand at the city of New York, the third day of October in the year of 1789, George Washington. Wow. I want to encourage you. Go online. This is, uh, bring that up one more time, please, Dry. This is uh, George Washington's Mount Vernon. You can find it there. And I want to ask you, would you do me a favor? Well, you don't have to do me a favor. Do the Lord a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do your nation a favor. Read this this Thursday with your family. Read it. And then pray into it. Take a few minutes between the ads and, 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 and the eating and the football games and all the other things that are great, but they're distractions from the real thing. And the real thing is turning our hearts to Christ, turning our hearts to God, declaring for me and my household, right? That, again, in the, out of the book of Joshua, for me and my household, whom, whom, whom do you serve? Whom do you serve? Well, for me and my household, we serve the Lord. And we want to declare that. But not just declare it, but live it. And take actions 
that show that you're committed to it. One million moms. Let's go to the Washington Stand article, please, Drya. One million moms is calling for a boycott of Macy's and Macy's Day Parade. Go ahead and bring this up, please. Here's the article. Thousands signed petition to boycott Macy's Thanksgiving Parade over trans agenda. For too many years, we have been saying, listen, we just, you know, what can you do? I'm going to watch it anyway because I love the parade and I love the good parts. And what are you going to do? Well, what we can do is to start. Target came out this past couple of weeks. They're doubling down on their trans drag agenda. They're doubling, doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on their, um, their, their LGBTQ plus agenda. They're going all in. Okay, so then therefore we got to go all in. If they're going to go all in to promote evil and unrighteousness, that which is against God, then we have to go all in. We have to say, let's bring this image up. This is my brand new presentation. We have to say, we will not comply. We just recorded this Sunday, November 12th in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It is available on our website. If you go to our order page, you can go to our website under Till Ministry and the first drop down is we will not comply. Click on it. You can learn about the presentation. You can also go to our order page, tillministry.com slash order. And click on, it, it, when you go down the page, you get to the point where you actually have the drop down boxes of what DVDs you want to order. The very first one is our brand new pre-order. We are now have it for pre-order. If you want to get your copy, you can order it now. Uh, we're gonna, we're, we've already started production or post-production. Uh, it's probably going to be about seven weeks at the beginning of the year. We're looking at the beginning of the year. We're going to move on it fast because it's so important. The battle, the subtitle is the battle between obeying God versus government, God versus man. And we must obey God. And we must say, when we see the violation of God's word and principles and values and the very values that I just read for you from George Washington and the founding of this nation, we must say we will not comply. So one million moms is calling for a campaign to boycott, to contact Macy's, to let them know that you will not support them putting, and here's what they're doing. They already had LGBT. They already had a few, a couple years ago, a, a, a same-sex kiss. Now, there's going to be two performances will be featured from the Broadway musicals um, and Juliet and Shucked which both have key actors who identify as either transgender or non-binary. One million moms and those participating in the protests are concerned with the LGBT agenda being so heavily promoted in an event geared toward the family. Not a surprise. We know this is what they do. Not one million moms, but, you know, the leftists. As the group stated, shame on Macy's for promoting and sponsoring this type of entertainment. It is clear that Macy's does not have our children's best interests in mind. The statement concluded, Macy's needs to know that Trust must be earned, and once trust is lost, 
it is difficult to get back. And this is not the first time, as I said, 2018, there was a same-sex kiss that was broadcast for thousands to see. 2021, Kim Petras, a man who identifies as a woman, performed. Petras recently said in an interview that his goal is for his fans to engage in sex during his performances. Wow. The protest is geared towards the two non-binary identifying actors. Um, One Million Moms is considered a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Not a surprise since we're also considered a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. So I guess we're in good company. But I want to encourage you. If we do not, if we do not act differently, when God called them to, to, to consecrate a fast and call for a sacred assembly, we have to set ourselves apart. We have to stop saying, well, what can I do? Yeah, what we can do is deny ourselves. Oh, well, you're not going to get to watch the Macy's Day Parade. Oh, well, get up with your family and pray and worship and do something else. Honor the Lord. We got to put our actions where our mouth is. Otherwise, we're just paying lip service to seeking revival in America. We want revival. We want awakening. Well, guess what? It's going to come from a place of a consecrated people. That's where it's going to come from not a compromised people. And so you do what you want. But for me and my household, for me and my household, um, we will not comply. We're not going to go along with it. I'm I'm not going to support this stuff. I'm just not. Because We need to make sure that we're actually modeling for our children righteousness, modeling for our children separation, to be set apart. We're not of this world. Now, if Target repented, if if Macy's repented, well, okay, then we can consider going back. But trust, as they said, is not easily earned, and once it's lost, it's not easily brought back. So you do with it what you will, but again, I encourage you, read that proclamation to your family. Take time to pray. Take time to not just give thanks for what you're saying. I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for, yeah, but I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful for my salvation. I'm thankful for freedom. I'm thankful for his word. I am thankful that God is so good and so loving that he sent his son to save the world. And his son is soon coming back to judge the world. He's not coming back to save the world, folks. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah to judge the world. Moving on. Um, I wanted to highlight for you 
um, the issue of Palestine. Before I get into um, the uh, some articles, I got a great uh, newsletter from a from a colleague. Uh, they have a um, ministry called Stand Up America U.S. Foundation. Uh, they have a real heart for trying to save America. And there's an article that they wrote called Roots of War in, quote, Palestine. And I've said over and over and over again, I'll say it again. There is no such thing as Palestine. There is no such thing as the Palestinian people. There never has been. That is a figment of the enemy's imagination. And so I want to I share with you some of the backstory to the idea that, well, the Jews just are not willing to compromise. They're the problems. Um, those who support Israel, the Zionists like myself, even though I've told you, do we, I don't know if we, do we saw that image, uh, that, we, that I am a proud biblical uh, Zionist. Um, I believe we need to defend biblical Zionism rather than global Zionism. I think we need to define biblical Zionism versus global Zionism. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed for Christians to continue to use this term to berate their brothers and sisters in Christ. You should be ashamed of yourself. that you continue to use a term that the Bible uses as a positive, 150 times mentioned in the Bible, Zion, as God's place. And Christians are using it to berate other Christians because they support Israel. Oh, you're a Zionist. Don't you know that's a Zionist scheme? No, it's not a Zionist scheme. But what you're doing is part of the deception of the enemy. So, I want to bring up an image, and I want to show you, first of all, um, what the so-called Palestine was like in the last hundred years. Okay, let's bring up this image, please, of the map. So, this is an image that shows, keep that up, please, Jaya, thank you. All right, on the left, you see 1937. So after the Balfour Declaration, which I'll talk about in a minute, on the left, you see the proposed sharing of the land. This was proposed by the Peel Commission in 1937. Look how much land was given to the Arabs. Look how much land was given to, Jerusalem, to, to, to the Jews. And look at the small area that was under British control, which included Jerusalem. The Arabs rejected that. They said, no, not enough. We want it all. Wow. So what happened to the two-state solution? Now, look to the right. Now you have the United Nations. Then they partition it. Now they give the Jews more land. And the Arabs still have a pretty good amount of land. They have Gaza. They have the West Bank. They have Ramallah up north, uh, close to Lebanon. That also was rejected 
by the Arabs in 1947. Both of these plans were accepted by Israel. Israel had accepted the initial plan up north, you see there, of the Jewish state, even though they didn't control Jerusalem, we know, until 1967. They accepted both plans. But the Arabs said no. You know why? Go, let's go ahead and come back to me, please. It has to do with the slogan from the river to the sea, Palestine will be, what is it? Oh, no, 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 it's not free. That was not the original. You know what the original was? From the river to the sea, Palestine will be Arab. Arab. See, there's no Palestine. It's Arab. They're Arabs and they're inbred Arabs. These are not even purebred Arabs. They're inbred Arabs. They're gypsy Arabs. They're the leftovers. They're the throwaways. Do you know the history of when these Gazan Arabs lived in Jordan? When they lived in Lebanon? When they lived in Egypt? They caused so much mayhem that they were kicked out. They were kicked out by their own Arab brethren. And today, we're told that Israel is the occupying force. So let me go through a little bit of backstory for you. First of all, the earliest time that we have of the Hebrews being in the region is at least 1300 B.C., they occupied the Holy Land on or off for thousands of years. Why were they on and off? Well, because they were conquered, correct? God allowed their enemies to come against them because of the rebellion. We know this from the loss of Israel in 722 to the Assyrians. We know this from the loss of Jerusalem and Judah in 586 at the hands of the Babylonians when they went into captivity. But yet, God brought them back. In 538, at the decree of King Cyrus, the Persian king, my Persian king Cyrus, not the king of kings, of course, when he, when he defeated the Babylonians, they began the process of bringing them back from captivity. It began the process of rebuilding the second temple. But then the Romans conquered in 64 B.C. And between 66 B.C. and 136 A.D., it was known as the Jewish-Roman Wars. After this long period of war with Rome, the Jews once again lost the area. Now, they didn't have a nation. They didn't have a kingdom. The last time they had a kingdom was under Saul and King David. Then it was divided. They never had control. They were under captivity. It was during this time that the Romans and the Roman Emperor, as an insult to the Jews, to the Hebrews, renamed the region Palestine. We're talking first century AD. That's when it became known as Palestine from an insult, because why? 
The greatest enemy of the Jews was the Philistines. The Philistines. And as an insult, they were given this name. The Jews then went through expulsion, displacement, forced conversion, and forced migration. But some Jews remain in the land. There have always been some Jews in the land. Some. We know the history from the Bible, not from the Quran, not from the deception of Islam. We know the history from the Bible. Adam, Abraham, Noah, Moses, Isaac, Jacob, King David, King Solomon, and Jesus, all Jewish, all from that lineage. Ultimately, we, before Adam, ultimately to Abraham, right? Abraham was the father. From Adam to Abraham, it is over 2,000 years. From the death of Abraham to the birth of Moses, it was approximately 245 years. And from the death of Moses to the crucifixion of Jesus, it was approximately 1,560 years. Now, comes on the scene Islam, the greatest antichrist spirit on the planet. About 600 AD, right? Muhammad claims he gets revelation. He's born in 572 he gets revelation in 602, I believe it was, in a cave in Hira. By 632, he's dead, but Islam is already advancing by force because they've already conquered northern Arabia by force. He's become a warlord, Muhammad. They impose apostasy laws so that anybody that leaves Islam gets a death sentence. That's how Islam has grown, by the way. If Islam did not have apostasy laws, there would be no Islam today. Number one reason Islam exists is because, well, first, it's demonic, but second is because of their laws of apostasy, meaning if you leave Islam like I have, you're going to be killed. That is how they keep people in. Now, so 600 or so, Islam appears. Now, there was a war between Christians and Islamic interests. We know that, of course, in the Holy Land. That did not happen until, of course, 989, 990. Um, but in 651, I believe it was, Islam conquers Jerusalem. It is that time that they commissioned the building of the so-called Al-Aqsa Mosque. That gray mosque, that gray dome mosque to the left of the Dome of the Rock. Remember, they conquered and they turned the Byzantine structure into the Dome of the Rock that was not Islamic, that was conquered. Then they built the Al-Aqsa and then became the process of the Arabization of this land. That began around the 9th century. The Palestinian region was never a holy site for Islam, the so-called Palestinian region. Mecca is their sacred place. Yathrib, which was later named Medina after the prophet ran out all the Jews and killed the remaining ones. That's why today you're hearing in the streets of the world the pro-Palestinian mosque supporting Hamas, these Islamic jihadists and their leftist allies shouting, O Yahud, O Yahud, meaning O Jew, O Jew. Remember Chaibar, remember Chaibar, Chaibar, we're coming for you. 
the, the armies of Allah is rising again. The armies of Muhammad is rising again. What was Kaibar? Kaibar was the region in Northern Arabia called Yathrib. Yathrib was a Jewish community. It was a Jewish enclave until Muhammad conquers as a warlord, runs most of them out, and slaughters the tribe of the Korayesh. That's why they're shouting, Oh, Jude, Jew, remember Kaibar, meaning we're going to slaughter you again. Yes, that's the peaceful mob. So, Islam conquered uh, the Holy Land. Islam conquered Jerusalem. Islam continued to conquer up onto the Ottoman Empire. And you may remember Mark Twain visited the land in 1867 and wrote that it was mostly deserted with some Arabs and Jews sprinkled alike, but it was because of the fact that Islam conquered. So my point is, Jerusalem has no holy significance to Islam. It is Mecca, it is Medina. Jerusalem is only significant because it was conquered. Muhammad claims later from the Hadith that he got a vision. There's no evidence of that in the Quran. There's no evidence of that anywhere. The only reason Islam claims Jerusalem is because it was conquered. That's it. There is no holy significance. Now, the Arabs never demanded a homeland before the Jews were brought back into the land. So now, let's go back to 1917. In 1917, the British conquered the land. After the, after the defeat of the Ottoman Empire. So once the Ottoman Empire, was, was, which was the last Islamic empire, now we have the Muslim Brotherhood. So this is the end of World War I. During this period, Jews started to come back to Israel due to European persecution from World War I. The British, through their Balfour Declaration in 1917, resolved to eventually give the Jews a homeland. The Jewish migration back to Israel caused violence among the Arabs. No surprise. In 1937, going back to that map that I showed you, the British, in an effort to stop the violence, proposed partitioning the land into two states. So the two-state solution has been on the table since 1937 at the minimum. That is over 86 years. Okay? Nothing new here, folks. Nothing new. I sh let's go back to the map just one more time for anybody who joined us late. So here's the map. This is what the, on the left, is what the British proposed in the Balfour Declaration. Look at all the land that was given to the Arabs. They were proposing that the Arabs, the so-called Palestinians, would have all of that land on the left, and look at the little bit of land that was given to, to the Jews, and Jerusalem would remain under British control. And that plan was royally rejected by the Arabs in 1937. They rejected that two-state solution. So just, so just because you sit there and, you, and, and, we, and we cry rivers for the, the plight of the Palestinians and the plight of the Arabs, to do that without this back knowledge is ignorance. They've been given every opportunity to have a homeland. The Arabs rejected it, even though it was three times the size of the Jewish partition. 
You saw it on the map. In 1947, as I said, as you saw on the other half of the map, the U.S. proposed a different plan. The Arabs rejected that as well. And that's what led to Israel declaring itself an independent state in 1948. That's the backstory. Immediately when they declared themselves an independent state, five Arab nations invaded Israel. Most of the Palestinian Arabs left Palestine to fight with their Arab brethren against the Jews, but Israel won. The Israelis refused to take back the Palestinian invaders, now considering them enemies of Israel. Now, common sense, right? You were living with us, now you go fight with the Arabs, you then want to come back? No, 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 we're not going to allow you to come back because you actually fought against us. That makes sense, doesn't it? The five Arab states, however, refused to take them in. The Arab nations didn't want to take them in. They fought with them, but they didn't want to take them in. Wow, that's interesting, isn't it? Preferring to leave them as refugees for propaganda purposes, to show the world how callous Israel is. Even now, the Arab states do not want Gazan refugees. I said that to you. Egypt said just a few weeks ago, right, we'd rather go to war than allow one of these Gazans, so-called Palestinians, into Egypt again. The Palestinians, so-called, have said they have the right of return to Israel. Israel officials said no. In addition to once being an enemy, taking in the so-called Palestinians and their descendants would mean allowing over 5 million Arabs into their country, in addition to the 2 million that already are there, the Jews would be outnumbered and their continued existence would be in grave doubt. And then the article goes into the, to the forefront of Hamas, which I've covered before, founded by the Muslim Brotherhood, the uh, um, Islamic Association of Palestine, turned into Hamas. That was the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, in their charter, of course, Hamas's charter, they call for the destruction of Israel. The Gaza Strip is a strip of land in the southwest corner of what was once Palestine. Palestinian Arabs fled to Egypt-controlled Gaza after the 1948 war. Now watch this where they remained until 1967 war, when Israel took over that area from Egypt. So they had an agreement. They, with the Oslo Peace Accords, they signed an agreement that then Israel would take over security of Gaza from Egypt. That was an agreement between Egypt and Israel. For about 10 years, the Palestinians in Gaza were under the PLO, Palestinian Liberation Authority with limited self-rule. Again, according to the Oslo Peace Accords. Now watch this. In 2005, Israel withdrew from Gaza and destroyed all of their Jewish settlements. They pulled out, destroyed it, forced, they forcibly removed Jews from the area who had lived there for decades or centuries. They, 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 they made them their own people so they can give it to the so-called Palestinians. A year later, in 2006, Hamas took control 
after winning elections in Gaza against the PLO or the Palestinian Liberation Organization. Ever since 2006, they haven't had any elections. There has been no elections in Gaza. Israel controls, maintains control of the airspace and the Mediterranean Sea and continues a blockade, along with Egypt, by the way, of the territory because the Egyptians don't also trust Hamas. The Egyptian don't, Egyptians don't want to be attacked by Hamas either. So they maintain a blockade to control what is coming in, particularly making sure that they don't get weapons. Now watch this. It is important to note that Hamas maintains Gaza not as a city for its citizens, but as a giant military compound with homes, schools, and hospitals, along with the people in them as shields, human shields. Homes also house bomb-making facilities, guns, ammunition, with children usually nearby. Hospitals, as we've seen with the Shafia Hospital, and you, have you seen the videos where now some of those Israeli hostages were actually taken into the hospital? Why? Because underground under that hospital is the biggest get base for Hamas, under the hospital. Hospitals house military equipment as well as are active staging areas for attacks. Even their military compound centers are housed beneath hospitals, as I just mentioned, schools, and the like. The entirety of Gaza is like a loaded gun aimed at Israel. Meanwhile, Hamas spends the billions of dollars being collected from Qatar via the United Nations, Iran, and from donors around the world, including the United States with Biden opening the spigots again and giving the money after Trump had shut it off. So, folks, this is the backstory. Let me go to the map one more time, please, Jaya. This is the backstory. From 1937 till 2023, repeatedly, Israel has been in favor of giving land Look at the land that they would have agreed to in 1937. Look at the land that they would have agreed to in 1947. But when you have people living next to you that are being used as a pawn, propaganda by the Islamic world, as a narrative, that have no claim religiously to Jerusalem, which was recaptured, of course, in 1967, There is no peace process, folks. And there is no such thing as Palestine. Never has been, never will. Never. I hope that's helped you today. I want to highlight a couple of articles before we got to go. Uh, here's Harbinger Daily. I encourage you to look this up, Dryer. The two key events that led to the regathering of the Jewish people back to the Promised Land. Um, do you have that, please, Dryer? Um... Right there. This is World War I and World War II. These are key events that happened that prepared the people for the land. So this is an interesting article talking about, again, some of what I was just talking about after the fall of the Ottoman Empire, the Balfour Declaration in 1917, the British plan, then after World War II. 
All of this, folks, you have to understand, the British had told the Jews that they were going to give them land. But the British double-crossed the Jews in 1922. The British stabbed the Jews in the back because they realized that the Arabs were beginning to discover oil. And so they needed to curry favor with the Arab people. As a result, in 1922, the British decided to divide Palestine, so-called Palestine, into two parts and to give the majority of it two-thirds to the Arab people. That's why you saw in that map, right? So initially, the British had told the Jews, we're going to give you a homeland. But then because they wanted to curry favor with the Arabs, you saw that map. The majority of that land was to Arabs. Two-thirds was to Arabs. And the Jews were willing to accept it. Only 10,000 square miles of the 45,000 square miles of the territory. But they, they were willing to go along. And then 1937, you saw that it was even, they got a little bit more land. The Arabs still had quite a, way more land than they do today. Way more land than they have right today in the West Bank and Gaza. And then in 2005, as I mentioned, they fully pulled out and handed over. And look what happened. Because when this evil festers, when this deception festers, when evil is festering in the hearts of the Jews, I mean, I mean of the Arabs, that is festering the Jew hatred. By the way, I want to encourage you, go back and watch um, the show I did last week. Can we bring that image up, please, real quick, Drya, of the Kristallnacht? I did a show last week. Um, encourage you to watch it. The, the, the Night of Broken Class, The Alarming Rise of Jew Hatred, Part 2. That's on Rumble. Please go watch that show, Crystal Knocked. The beginning of the Holocaust, as many believe, was that night. That's what we, I believe see happening again. Here's another article. Uh, let's please go to this, Drya. Uh, cut them off from being a nation. First, uh, Satan's attempt, efforts to incite people against Israel. Um, okay, we don't have that one apparently, but that's also in the Harbinger. It's very interesting, uh, talking about Psalm 83. I, I've, I've said recently that I believe that Psalm 83 is actually happening right now. I believe it's describing exactly what's happening right now with all the Arab nations. If you look at Psalm 83, every nation that is in that, we have a DVD called uh, Islam and God's Judgment in the Last Days. I go through it there. Every nation that is mentioned is a Arab nation, Jordan, uh, and in Philistia is mentioned there. Uh, I believe that's happening now. Psalm 83 says in verse 3, They, the enemy, have taken crafty, crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. That's the goal of not just the UN, not just Islam, but that's the goal of every deceived Christian who, who supports replacement theology or covenant theology or preterism or partial preterism. They are deceived. They are actually, whether they know it or not, supporting the idea, supporting the plan of the enemy to cut off Israel as being a nation. Why? Because Amos chapter 9. Uh, I'll go to it here real quick. Let me find it. Uh, Amos chapter 9. Because it had said, right, that once God brings them back into the land, come on, right here, once God, Amos 9, 14 to 15, that once God brings them back into the land, I will bring them back again from captivity of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. 
and they shall plant vineyards and drink the vine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat of the fruit of them. I will plant them in their land. I will plant them in their land, upon their land, to never be uprooted again. To never be uprooted again. So if Christians are joining along with the entirety of the world to say the Jews have no right to the land, they need to not be there, they're occupiers. Or they can have a small little sliver and give the rest of most of the land back to the Arabs because they stole it from the Arabs. And I, show, I just told you the history. They did not. The Jews have been there since the thir 1300 BC. Minimum. Minimum. Three and a half thousand years. And so if we're working, conspiring with the enemy to uproot the Jews, you're, in my opinion, working directly against God's plans and prophecy. Once they're in the land, they've been brought back. The ruined cities, the desolate has been bloomed, brought back and bloomed again. They will never be uprooted. They'll be deceived by the Antichrist, but they'll never be uprooted. And finally, let's go to the third article, please, Drya. Orchestrated by Satan, the deceptive slogans and the propaganda war against Israel. I've got to do this really quick right there. Again, we've said the, you know, the Palestine, right, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be Arab. Now they say free. Either way, it means destroy Israel from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. They believe that land belongs to the Arabs. There is no, folks, there is no two-state solution for Muslims. None, period. doesn't exist. Um, what about end apartheid in Israel, right? That's a slogan that you hear. Again, um, two million Palestinians live in Israel. They are citizens of Israel. And as such, they have complete freedom to live where they please and use any hospital or means of transportation. There is no enforced separation of Jews and Arabs in Israel. Arabs have a right to vote and serve in the Israeli Knesset. So that's a lying statement. How about this? Free Palestine from colonial oppression. Again, a lie. The Jewish people, Jewish people are not colonialists. They want to give up land for peace. They've done it every time and it never works. Because you can't make peace with your enemy. Um, again, end 75 years of occupation. There's another lie. Right? Well, had they agreed to the boundaries under the Balfour Declaration? Had they agreed to the Balfour Agreement under the... Um, uh, um, Dry, uh, can you go to the map again real quick, please? Um, under the Peel Commission. If they had agreed to those boundaries, there would have never been this issue. But they will never agree. Because it's not about the land. It's about wiping the Jews off the face of the planet. It is the hatred of Islam, of the enemy, of Satan, for the Jewish people. For God's promises. For Zion. Free Gaza. Another one, right? Hear that? Free Gaza. Free, free Gaza. Well, Gaza was free. They elected Hamas. And now they're suffering. Stop the genocide. You've heard that one. 
But when they put children and women in the same places that they have their bombs and their rockets and their missiles, you're going to have massive collateral damage when you're trying to take out your enemy. We got to go. I'm way past time. I hope I've shown you today. First of all, there is no such thing as Palestine. And number two, one more time, our Thanksgiving declaration. Please go to the archives of George Washington and read that 1789 proclamation with your family this Thursday. And for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And for me and my household, let's bring that image up, please, dry. We will not comply. Remember again, our brand new DVD, We Will Not Comply. Right now, we have pre-orders available on our website. Just go to our order page, scroll down. The first drop-down box is for We Will Not Comply. Please get a copy, share it. And if you want to support our ministry with a one-time donation, would you please consider that? Let's go to that image, please. And um, with a one-time donation, thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all that you do. By the way, we're going to be all, uh, getting ready for our year-end donation. So would you prayerfully consider your year-end donation? If you um, want to make a year-end donation, hopefully to a good ministry that is in the fight, would you prayerfully consider Till Ministry for your year-end donation? Completely deductible. We can send you a receipt. Um, if you want to mail in a check, of course, go to P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee. Uh, send it to P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee. Please make checks out to Truth in Love or Truth in Love Ministry. I want to thank you for being with us today. Lord bless you. Have a blessed time with family. We will not be doing a show Thursday night, obviously, because it's Thanksgiving. So no show Thursday night. Remember, no show Thursday night. I'll be back with you live next Tuesday, right here, noon Eastern time. No show this Thursday. Enjoy time with your family as we will, but enjoy time with God. Give Him the glory. Give Him the honor. And let's call for a sacred assembly in our homes. And let's turn to Him. God bless you guys. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.